Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. We are your host, Tim and Julie Harris. Today's show is going to be um, on request. We did a series on wealth building as a real estate agent um, a couple weeks ago. You guys should definitely go back and listen to it. A lot of great feedback. And this is a follow-up on that podcast. And this is going to cover some of the topics that we didn't really uh, cover at all or thoroughly cover on that podcast based on the questions that you guys sent to us after that a week-long series. Uh, today's show is going to wrap up any loose ends you guys might have. And the wonderful title that our producer, Gina, came up with is The Hard uh, and Fast Facts About Getting Really Rich. Great title, as always, from Miss Gina. So, Julie, before we get to point number one, I believe you have some an email you'd like to share from one yes. of our either students or listeners. I do. I have a quick Facebook shout-out and congratulations, and also a Facebook uh, story. Both of them will be relatively fast here. But Jenny Costa, who is one of our great Coach, uh, premier coaching members writes on Facebook as I tiptoed out of my son's nursery this morning after he finally went down for a nap and you know Tim it hasn't been that long since we had that feeling with Miss Zoe so I totally <laughs> relate tiptoeing out don't don't breathe too hard right I knew I had a good 15 to 20 minutes of uninterrupted time as to be productive as possible I haven't had much luck with calling expireds and for sale by owners lately because of the super short time slots I have on the phone without my son on my hips she's got a newborn Uh, so happy to report that I booked my very first listing appointment today on my fourth call and my son actually slept for an entire hour best Monday ever (laughs) so nice job Jenny Jenny and I talked about you know, the challenges of trying to sneak some time in and that for her, any time that she has is her golden moments of, you know, lead generation. I said, you know, it's not about all these other side projects and things people are trying to distract you with. When you have a moment to be on the phone, it should be all about lead generation. So congratulations on that listing appointment, Jenny. You're doing a great job for yourself and, of course, for your growing family. All right, we have... An update from Miss Tracy Duggan right out of Arlington, Tennessee, which I believe is the Memphis area. She writes, Julie, I heard on the podcast today or yesterday, I can hardly keep up, where you brought up the contract that I got signed by paper copy. FYI, it closed a couple of weeks ago, so it works. Amazing. It works just like you said it would. Funny how that happens. Tim, you and I often talk about go old school, write a contract on the spot, use paper if you have to. Tracy did that. She says, also, thanks for the coaching a couple of weeks ago. I was worried that all of my uh, business closed in May. Eight might not be a lot for some people, but being new and learning, it was a lot for me. Eight closings, Tim. I mean, that's a lot by anybody's standard. If you did that every month, you're on track for 100, so it's a lot for everyone, Tracy. I was afraid that if I didn't have anything for June, but now a week or two later, I'm about to list my fourth listing for June. I still fret that I don't have enough buyers. Strangely, I don't get a lot of calls off my signs, but I did get a call from a sign today, and I used the script, and it worked. Yet again, it's so amazing how when I do what I don't want to do because it doesn't feel natural, when I don't want to do it because it's not convenient, at my highest level – even at the end of the day, that I see success. I now have a potential buyer off of a call-in. 
I know I've said thank you so many times before, it's ridiculous, but I'm going to say it again. Thank you to both you and Tim. I truly would not be where I am at this point without you both. I just had to share my story with you because I was so excited. I hope you both have a great day from Tracy Duggan in Memphis. Now, Tim, Tracy always kind of tricks me with her questions because she sounds not like a newer agent. And I think a lot of that is because she has been doing what she doesn't want to do when she doesn't want to do it, as she said, when it's inconvenient and when she doesn't feel like it. And she has gotten a whole lot of experience, even with her relatively early career. I always think when I get a question from her, it's not like I'm talking to a grizzled veteran. It's because she has implemented from day one. And I point her out as an example to perhaps some grizzled veterans who didn't have eight closings last last month and would have liked to have, pretend you just got your license and you're in a whole new world and you're just coachable and you simply implement and you don't have maybe some of the things that hold you back sometimes. So anyway, back to you. Those are my well, two shots. Actually, you know, those are great. And, and Tracy, uh, congratulations first off. Second off, the thing that's going to keep you on track is doing what you've been doing, right? The thing that's going to keep you continuing to be successful is continuing to do what you're doing. And the thing that's going to completely and totally derail your success is if you get uh, off track, if you start basically being seduced by all of the you know, really crazy things that are being sold to real estate agents, the pretty shiny silver bullet objects that are essentially trying to placate agents' laziness and make agents believe that they don't have to do what they don't want to do when they don't want to do it, right? So do not forget what you already know. Do not forget that that is the key to long-term ever-increasing success. That is the mentality. That is the lifestyle. And that leads perfectly into what we wanted to talk with you guys about today. Um, here's our premise. And you guys – you know, I hate talking about ourselves. We rarely do it. We'll talk about Zoe before we'll talk about ourselves. But you guys know way back when, a couple decades in the early 90s, when Julie and I are in our early 20s, we sold and got real estate. Well, we are in real estate. We bought our first house when we were in college. And then when we were out of college, we uh, got real estate licenses. And um, our first year in the business, we sold over 100 houses. This was 100 houses, single-family houses. This wasn't a subdivision. This wasn't anybody helping us out in terms of giving us listings. This wasn't anything. This, this is straight up going after the business like we coach you guys to do it, one seller, one buyer at a time. All right? So there it is. Now, what did we learn from that exercise back 20-plus, you know, 25 years ago, Julie? What did we learn from that at this point? We, the things that we took into the business with us was a strong work ethic, a willingness to basically, we already knew that we had to do what we did. You know, Julie and I got married when we were 20 and 21. We, you know, we had always, we weren't given any money. We always were basically living hand to mouth until we got sick of it one day and we decided basically that we wanted to be rich. And then we started reading books about it. We started studying it. We started talking to folks. And occasionally we would get somebody that would lend us a hand and give us some suggestions and some advice. And one of the things that we really uh, gravitated towards was the idea of one day having enough money that we didn't have to work for the money anymore, that the money started working for us. And that was the genesis of our definition of rich. So I want to start out by having everyone write that in their notes and be very clear about that. Rich is not necessarily a dollar amount. And, and I'm going to emphasize that because in our culture right now, the, it's ego, basically. When someone says they want to, you know, if I – we've done this before, so it's almost comical that people always answer the same way. Okay, so, you know, what is it the uh, top a group of top producers, what is it that you're trying to do? I want to be a – how much, you know, does it take for you to be, you know, financially successful to be rich? And they all say usually $10 million. That's always the sort of the answer, and I always kind of think that's funny. 
because they've never really thought about it. They're just saying $10 million because everyone else is saying $10 million, and it sounds like a big number, and it is a big number. But the reality of it is, is you don't need $10 million, and some of you might not even need a million dollars to be rich because here's the working definition. Write it down. Rich is where your money works for you, and you no longer have to work for your money. I'll, I'll continue that because, like I said, I'm going to drill down on some of the finer points from the podcast about a month ago. When you guys have passive income that's coming from, and the, I think it, it cannot be argued against effectively, from rental properties or from paid-off rental properties, when you have passive income coming in from those properties, that is the very definition of rich. So if you had a personal overhead, most of you do, and if you're living in a really expensive area, you can take whatever you know, your actual number is, but most agents can have a nice lifestyle on five to $7,000 a month. Now, I'm not saying they're going to be traveling to Europe and buying Maseratis, but they're not they're financially secure. They they have their bases covered. 5 to 7,000 dollars a month. So for you, would you agree fundamentally if you had 5 to 7,000 dollars coming in per month, you'd effectively be rich, right? Because your money is working for you and you no longer have to work for your money. That is the concept that I want all of you to embrace because when you do, two actions happen. Three actions happen really. You learn and you accept the fact you have to be a prolific earner, which you will be if you follow our coaching program, right? Number two, you're going to have to learn to be very disciplined about saving and not increasing your overhead. One of the things that happens when people become more successful is they have lifestyle creep, and that will kill any chance you ever have of being truly rich forever because you'll be perpetually stuck in the, in the you know hamster wheel, or Julie and I used to call it the golden cage of lifestyle. Everything has to be a certain way. Every, you want to be ni- have a nicer home. You want to have this country club, that country club. You're spending all the money that should be going to wealth building and to becoming rich. Be clear about that. Oftentimes, you guys are going to be stuck in a situation where you're going to have to decide, do you want to be rich or do you want to basically have some really fancy lifestyle? Usually, you cannot have both. Let's just be honest about that. Okay. The next rule is what you want to do is you want to start putting the money into investment properties as soon as you can. We are proponents of maxing out your uh, you know, tax-beneficial retirement accounts, your Roths and your SEPs and all the rest of it. But at the end of the day, nothing's going to get you in the end zone faster than buying rental properties. Rental properties have a quality about them that no other investments really do. You can depreciate them on your taxes. They appreci- The homes you usually uh, appreciate, and then you have cash flow. So those three things makes rental properties really fantastic. Stocks don't offer that. Nothing else offers that. So you have appreciation, you have depreciation, and you have cash flow. So be very clear. The quickest, most proven path for you to be rich is basically to essentially run a very you know, manageable lifestyle, personal burn rate, and then save and invest in rental properties to produce enough passive income so that that uh, personal overhead burn rate is easily covered buy the cash flow from the rental properties. And in most cases, you guys can accomplish this goal if you're really focused on being financially free. Because isn't that the essence of why all of you got into real estate? <laughs> isn't that it? You know, you wanted to be free. You didn't want, you wanted to be free maybe of a boss. You maybe wanted to be free of maybe having, you know, all the sort of the drudgery of dry, nine to five lifestyle. Maybe all those things were part of it. But ultimately, didn't you want to be financially free? Wasn't that it? Wasn't that really the goal to wake up in the morning and no longer have the financial burden of having to, you know, worry about where maybe, you know, your paycheck was going to come from two months from now? Well, don't give up on that dream because it's more manageable and it's more attainable than you possibly think. So what I wrote down for all of you, and Julie and I worked on this uh, yesterday, 
day and day before and day before and day before. And these are obviously prevailing thoughts we've had in our minds for the past couple decades. But we wrote down are some, I think, some missing links in maybe the podcast we did a month ago, that, that series on uh, wealth building and getting rich. And so write these points down. Not all of you will get these points today, but if you write these down, they'll be bouncing around in your mind. And when you're ready for the lesson, you'll all of a sudden remember this, and you'll think it was your original thought, which is fine. You know, but point is, don't tune out if we say something that doesn't resonate with you right away. Just remember it. All right, Julie, anything else you want to talk about before we get to the first point? No, I mean, I think you made a whole bunch of very critical points, and this is something to pay attention to, and it's nothing you're going to get anywhere else. Your broker's not going to sit you down. You didn't learn it in real estate school. Probably your family's not going to teach you this. You might not even have friends that even get this conversation, and that's okay, because look at point number one. Getting rich requires a monastic lifestyle. What does that mean? Monastic as in like you're in a monastery at times. Secluded, dedicated, and at times lonely. This is also why not everyone you know is wealthy. It's, that lifestyle isn't for everyone. It takes dedication. It takes concentration. And sometimes it's a little bit monastic. I find that peaceful pers- personally, but not everybody does, right? And it's not all the time, but you have to come to terms with it that it does require that type of concentration. Anything you want to add to that? Point number two. Nope, point yes. number two. That, you said it perfectly. Point number two, myopic. Uh, being of narrow-minded vision, ha- focus on one thing. If you guys read uh, Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich, which we'll give you free, by the way, Napoleon Hill's original version of it, which he wrote back in the 20s, we give that to you guys free, and we've actually added a lot of real estate anecdotes to it. It's called um, Think and Grow Rich for Real Estate. So you guys get that book for free. Just go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com, freecoachingcallsforagents.com, and fill out the form. We're also going to give you five other books, and you're entitled to a, a coach a call with one of our new member coaches just for requesting the books downloads. But one of the things that Napoleon Hill did so masterfully is he talked about the fact that when you have one prevailing you know, thought for yourself, and I encourage you to have that prevailing thought to be rich by definition where your money works for you and you no longer work for your money, that gives you a very laser-like focus. It's the one that Julie and I adopted a couple decades ago. And by the way, the inspiration for it definitely came from Napoleon Hill. So, guys, here's the fact. You must start with an open mind. Sure, what are your specific measurable financial goals? Learn to earn, become debt-free, have hard cash reserves, being invested in real estate rentals and index funds. And we talked about that on that podcast series we did a month or so ago. Uh, matter of fact, Gina, in the description on the website, can you please just put a link back to that series of shows so these guys don't have to click back through it and find it and they can just listen to them right after the, uh, today's show? So be myopic. Be focused on becoming the best version of yourself. Be so myopic, so focused on becoming the best real estate agent you possibly can. Specifically, guys, the best listing agent you possibly can. That when you and when people try to engage you about conversations about other things, you absolutely have no clue what they're talking about. Be so good at being able to generate your own listing leads, pre-qualify your own sellers, go on listing appointments, all of that. Be so unbelievably good at that that you don't even know what's going on in the news because you've adopted the media-free lifestyle. Be so good at that that when people talk to you, you're, all, you're, you're almost kind of boring because your mind is so focused on being a listing agent. You guys get it? That's what I mean. You have to have that type of laser-like focus. You need to have such a dedication, such you know, tunnel vision towards accomplishing that goal of becoming masterful. Because remember the first thing I said, you need to become a prolific earner. Now, that by itself isn't going to get you there because remember the, th- the second point I made, you need to become a saver. 
So if you're a listing agent, you have the easiest opportunity to save 50 to 60% of the, of the revenue that you make every month. If you're building a team and you have buyer's agents and all that, we know, and if you guys don't believe me, go back and listen to past podcasts where we've interviewed other people that validate it, that most teams have a margin of about 11%. Very difficult to save any real money when your margins are that small. So I, that's, again, the reason we always go back to trying to get you guys to accept the fact that everything you're looking for in this industry is on the other side of you accepting the fact that you have to become an unbelievably powerful listing agent. From being a listing agent, you're going to have good profit margins. From that profit, you're going to save it. And from the savings, you're then going to produce possible rental properties that will be cash flowing for you. You guys get it? So point number three, getting rich will take longer than you think. Uh, more time, more money, more patience are required. Three things that will wreck this are getting behind in taxes, getting divorced, getting sick or injured with no health insurance, and I'll add a, another one, uh, D, is basically when you stop learning. So the things that basically are going to make it so that you get railroaded from getting rich, will take, and it's going to, it, it, that basically will add extra time to it, is number one, getting behind in taxes. Number two, getting divorced. That's definitely true. Those are great wealth destroyers. Number three, getting sick, injured with no health insurance. And uh, letter D, I guess, would be definitely when you stop learning, when you become complacent, when you think you've got it figured out. Um, and the way you have to keep yourselves in check on that, and we do this with all of our coaching clients, is assume that everything that you did last month needs updated. Literally, what you said, how you said it, what you did, what you dressed, everything needs to be constantly updated. You have to fight your natural urge to be complacent. Everybody wants to be complacent. Everybody wants to be in a state of stasis. That's our sort of natural equilibrium. You have to fight against your natural tendency, and I'll use the word that everyone always kind of shudders when I say it, but it's true. You have to fight your natural tendency to be lazy, and you have to keep yourself challenged. And the way you do that is you tune into podcasts like this. You tune into things that might make you uncomfortable at times, and when you feel that pang of discomfort, you have to see that as being, aha, maybe that's an area that I need to be working on. Maybe that's the reason I'm feeling uncomfortable about it is because I know internally that that's where I'm weak. All right, so next point we wrote down, Julie, is point number four. And number four, know that the system is created to prevent you, to work against you from accumulating wealth. For example, and Tim, I think you can probably add to this list too, but the system is oh, created yeah. to prevent you from accumulating wealth. How is that? Well, think about taxes and what we all know as tax incentives. You're being uh, given some kind of incentive to spend money, which drives down your profit. It sounds fun, but it actually is eating into your income. Buying leads, building teams blowing your hard-earned profit. And what you said earlier too, Tim, I think lifestyle creep could go into this bucket as well. But things are created to work against you, especially in this country where it's all consuming all the time. I mean, think about, I don't know how many commercials people see through their email and their text and the TV every day. Somebody's always selling you something, but the system does work against you. What would you add to that, Tim? Because there's, there's probably an well, even longer list than this. We could have done a whole podcast just on this one point, but the system is also your family. Oh, my God, Tim, you just said that I'm offended. Be offended, and I'm going to explain to you why. When you start, you guys have all heard, and I'm not even use the crabs in the bucket story because that's overused, but I'll just lay it out like this. When you start to basically uh, succeed at a higher level than is normal for your family, your family members are not going to support you. They might support you initially, but in most cases, your family members are going to – 
passively aggressively tear you down because you're making them uncomfortable. The same thing is going to happen with your neighbors. The same thing is going to happen with your everybody because when you decide – I'm thinking back to the gal who wrote this the email about t- having eight closings last month. Julie, what was her name? Lynn, what was her name? Tracy. Tracy. Yeah. Tracy, so I'm thinking about Tracy, right? So Tracy was celeb- wanting to celebrate this victory with us, and it's a huge victory, and she's seeing the fact that she can finally create financial freedom, and she's following the system that's working for her. But here's what was going on. Here was what I was thinking in the background. I wonder how many other people that she's trying to celebrate this victory with, and I wonder what kind of re- positive reinforcement she's getting versus the people that are starting to say things like, oh, well, look what you're sacrificing. Oh, you're giving up your life. Well, you can stop and smell the roses. Oh, think about the taxes you're going to have to pay. What do you need all that money for? All these types of little crappy-ass messages that we get from usually the people that we expected to be the most supportive of us. That's what another one of the things when we say, you know, the system doesn't want you to be rich, the familial system, the societal system. But I'll even break it down and make it more practical because you guys, you know, that's how you benefit. If you live in a high-tax state, well, look here. Here, I'll, <laughs> look at a map of the states that are growing the quickest in the in the country. They're the states that have the lowest taxes, and generally speaking, the best weather. Ironically enough, so the sort of the Sun Belt states that have the lowest taxes or no taxes are growing the fastest. If you want to accumulate wealth, and you're in one of these, you know, East Coast type towns where they tax you on everything. I'll never forget when Julie and I started making good money selling real estate, and we, of course. We did not get support from our family after they realized we were doing really well. We made the mistake of telling some of them that was not a good idea. We should have just kept our yap shut. We should have we should have followed our first rule, <laughs> to be honest with you. Getting rich requires a monastic lifestyle, not telling people. I mean, that is unfortunately a definite true rule. But here's I remember we were sitting down with our accountant, and basically he had brought all these – uh, tax returns for us to sign. And I remember it was a tax return, not just the IRS, which is fine, federal, not just for the state of Ohio. I knew that was coming. But then we had to file tax returns for every single city where we had a closing. Every single city where we had a closing in Columbus, Ohio, was coming after us for income tax. I want you to think about that. So here we are, having had this great year, broke all these records. NAR was doing a nice, you know, they gave us a bunch of recognition. We, you know, just all this ridiculous levels of everything. And then we sat down. We figured, oh, we're going to be able to save a whole bunch of money. We're going to be able to do this, the other. And we started realizing the amount of taxes that we were going to have to pay on that income. I had always thought, now this was the 25 years ago, Tim, that uh, rich people don't pay taxes. Rich people have all these little tax dodges. Rich people, have, you know, people with high income, yeah. all these little, they're accountants yeah. and they're this, that, and the others. You guys, a lot of you believe that tr- uh, too. Not true. Rich people pay more in taxes. As a matter of fact, the people of, uh, I think it's 250000 and above in income, pay like 80% of the taxes in the country. The reality of it is, is that the more you earn, the more you have to pay in taxes. The more the city, the states, the government, the everything is going to try to actually Take that money from you, and you're going to feel this suppressive, oppressive feeling of how am I – what am I doing? This seems like an act of futility. So you have to be strategic on how you set up yourself in your life financially. We're not CPAs. We're not accountants. We're not attorneys. We're none of those things. But you need to be a master of understanding the nuances of financial planning. Again, we talked about this on the podcast in that series we did about a month ago. So be very clear on this, guys. That the system, and it could be your family, it could be your neighbors, everybody is going to be uncomfortable with you starting to break through and have big financial uh, gains. 
You're going to make them question their decision-making. You're going to make them question and have thoughts like, well, why isn't a Toyota Camry good enough for you anymore? Why is it that you want a Mercedes-Benz? Oh, you must just think you're all that, Mr. Snooty Pants, types of things. You guys get it? You can relate to it. Why? Because I know some of you have done the tearing down of other people who've had breakthroughs financially, and now you're looking back realizing that that was something that you were doing. So now that you're aware of it, don't absorb that. Don't bring people into your life like that because that's going to get you off the track of earning and saving and becoming finally financially free. If you allow that type of mentality to enter into your mindset, you're not going to want to continue to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. Because after all, all these people that know you, love you, and care about you, they're all basically telling you that you're not doing the right thing, and you're actually going to start believing it, and you're not going to start putting the effort in, and you're just going to have maybe a good month or two. You're not going to have a good career. So, Julie, let's go on to the next point. Yes, okay, one more uh, point for me, and then I'm off to premiere. So uh, next is point number five, and this is such a huge point. Repetitious boredom pays off. We used to have a sign in our office that said that. Base hits add up. Sometimes it's going to be a grind, probably more often than not. That's why it's called work, not vacation. So I wrote, suck it up, buttercup, so you can say, thank you, past self, for having it together. And most of you guys listening that have a business that's growing and thriving can right now say, thank you, past self, for actually calling that lead back six months ago because that's your closing you're having today. But it takes repetitious boredom over and over and over being in the grind of doing that continuously. That's normal for somebody who is focused on those goals. It's abnormal for somebody that really is just kind of floating through life and it doesn't matter to them. So repetitious boredom pays off. It's work. It's not vacation. Vacation is something else that you earn from the work. Back to you, Tim, and I'm off to premiere. Okay, so listen, guys. Here's the reality of it. We talk in our society about uh, getting rich. It's sort of like a cultural sort of conversation. Everyone wants to talk about it, but why do few, so few people do it? The answer is so few people do it because they don't really have a defined reason for or a definition of what it is. I just gave you a great one. In addition to that, they don't have a, a clear fire path on how to do it. They just think, well, I'm supposed to buy stocks and bonds and all the rest of it. And again, we talked about a lot of very finite things on the podcast a month ago. Make sure you go back and listen to it. I should have added to that last the point before the one Julie just shared with you guys about the fact that when you start doing investing into the securities world, stocks, bonds, securities, those types of things, you will get fleeced like you've never been fleeced before uh, the number of uh, the ways that those guys get commissions the ways they make money front on the front end of the back will make the guys that were doing subprime mortgages look like choir boys <laughs> so yeah, matter of fact there was a great book that uh, anthony robbins just came out with it's his newest book he did some absolutely fantastic research has some really great folks that he interviewed the book is also an audiobook so go and listen to that go and read that and he really kind of drives down on the fact that a lot of the traditional ways that people invest through financial advisors and whatnot are absolutely positively kind of sucking the life out of any potential their portfolio might have that's the reason that warren buffett said on his passing he's leaving a little bit of money for his kids but the money he's leaving for his wife, he said he's going to basically uh, – he's already instructed to all that, have all that money put into index funds. So 
you guys need to look into index funds, look into Vanguard index funds, look into uh, purchasing Vanguard index funds through like a Scott Trade account, and then your acquisition cost and, and your holding cost of those index funds is about zero. Again, we're not financial advisors, but uh, listen to the Anthony Robbins book, Do Your Own Homework. So we're going to pick up where we left off yesterday today, and hopefully this is giving you guys more of what you need. I want you to know that despite the fact that you are probably at times feeling frustrated that you'll ever get to the other side of the bridge financially, that there is a pretty much defined, clear path to get there. And the nice thing about following the path that we're proposing to you is you can achieve it in not just five lifetimes. You can achieve it in a number of years. Depending on what your current personal overhead is, depending on where you're living, if you're living in a high-tax state, it's going to take longer. But just really depending on how seriously you're willing to take the goal of being financially free, you could easily accomplish it in most markets in three to five years. Yes, you're, that means that if you're in California or one of these other states that have high, high taxes, that have all these other things, and rental properties don't make sense because the properties don't cash flow for crap, you're going to probably have to look outside your state. That's fine. No problem. You know, there's plenty of states out there where you can purchase properties, you can have a management company in place, and it's an easy thing to do. It really is a seamless process. That's the reason there's so many institutional investors that are purchasing properties already all over the country, because it's really not that big of a deal. And we already know there's a long-term trend for people being long-term tenants. So why don't you be a long-term investor and get that nice long-term cash flow? You guys with me on that? So we're going to pick up where we left off today, tomorrow. I know we're firehosing you all a little bit. I know we're giving you a lot of information. We're doing that intentionally. We want to give you plant enough seeds in your mind that you guys can be encouraged that, to stay on the right path um, or get on the right path and start actually pursuing the goal of finally being rich where your money works for you and you no longer have to work for your money. If you need me for anything, it's Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or of course Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. And look guys, it's June uh, a lot of you are having by far your best years ever. We hear that all the time on our private Facebook group and emails and all the rest of it. If you guys are not having – listeners, if you're not having your best years ever, it's probably because you're not willing to do yet what you're not – what basically others are who are having their best years, and that's really on you. Take responsibility for it. Let us help you get on the right path. Go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com, freecoachingcallsforagents.com. And we will um, not only give you those free books, but we're also going to answer any questions that you need to have answered so that you guys can make this your best year ever. Look, the truth is, is in about three months, if you're thinking you're going to make 2017 your best year ever, probably waited too long. But at this point right now, you still can. So go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com. If you need me for anything, Tim at timandjulieharris.com or Julie at timandjulieharris.com. You'll have a great day. We'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow. We're going to finish up with the next five points. Make sure you're taking great notes. Thanks. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.